Hello, I'm Paulette Lee, and you're listening to Woman Worthy, real talk about real issues for women over 60. If you're over 60, you're still worthy of being heard. I have a riddle for you. Who am I? I am your constant companion, so I am your greatest help or heaviest burden. I will push you onwards or drag you down to failure, and I am completely at your command. Half the things you do might just as well turn over to me and I will do them quickly and correctly. I am easily managed. You must merely be firm with me. Show me exactly how you want something done and after a few lessons, I will do it automatically. I am the servant of all great men and women and alas, of all failures as well. Those who are great, I have made great. Those who, have, uh, who are failures, I have made failures. I am not a machine, though I work with the precision and repetition of a machine, plus the intelligence of a human. You may run me for profit or run me for ruin. It makes no difference to me. Take me, train me, be firm with me, and I will place the world at your feet. Be easy with me, and I will destroy you. Who am I? The anonymous author of this riddle asks. Can you guess? All right, I'll tell you. The answer is, I am a habit. So here we are again, that time to make New Year's resolutions or promises to ourselves or state our intentions, whatever we want to call the phenomenon of at least stating a commitment to change, to break harmful habits and maybe start some new ones. <laughs> when I decided in the year 2000, I was going to stop smoking after having had bronchitis three times in one winter. I'd been smoking half a pack a day for 30 years. I saw a wonderful pulmonologist who told me it takes two weeks to start a habit and two weeks to get over it. Well, I thought I can do that. And I did, though truthfully, I can't remember how long it actually took. But I do remember it was final. After my last cigarette on April 30th, 2000, I never touched another one. Now, while the pulmonologist I saw was a terrific doctor, she was, well, a bit optimistic. We all know the adage, old habits die hard. By the way, the aegis of that is not known, though it's been used at least since 1758, when it appeared in an article written by Benjamin Franklin. <laughs> so common wisdom has it that uh, it takes 21 days or three weeks to form a habit. This idea can be traced back to Psycho-Cybernetics, a book published in 1960 by Dr. Maxwell Maltz. Actually, Maltz evidently didn't make this claim himself, but rather referenced the number as an observable metric in both himself and his patients at the time. Another and more often scientifically cited study is the 2009 one conducted by lead researcher Philippa Lally when she held a British Economic and Social Research Council postdoctoral fellowship. Her findings were published in the European Journal of Social Psychology. According to the Lally study, on average it takes 66 days, that's more than two months, for new behavior to become automatic. But actually anywhere from 18 to 254 days 
for a person to form a new habit, depending on the individual and the activity involved. For example, among the 96 participants in her study, many found it easier to adopt the habit of drinking a glass of water at breakfast than to doing <clears throat> excuse me, 50 sit-ups after morning coffee. James Clear, who writes and speaks a lot on habits and is the author of the book Atomic Habits, says there's a four-step pattern that's the backbone of every habit and that our brains run through these steps in the same order each time. First, he says, is the cue, which triggers our brains to initiate a behavior and predicts a reward. Because the cue is the first indication that we're close to a reward, he says it naturally leads to a craving, which is the second step. Cravings, Clear says, are the motivational force behind every habit. Without some level of motivation or desire, without craving a change, we have no reason to act. What you crave is not the habit itself, but the change in state it delivers. Every craving is linked to a desire to change your internal state. Clear goes on to say that cravings differ from person to person and that cues are meaningless until they are interpreted. The thoughts, feelings, and emotions of the observer are what transform a cue into a craving. The third step, he says, is the response, the actual habit you perform, which can take the form of a thought or an action. Whether a response occurs depends on how motivated you are and how much friction is associated with the behavior. If a particular action requires more physical or mental effort than you're willing to expend, then you won't do it. Your response also depends on your ability to do it. And finally, Clear says the response delivers a reward, the end goal of every habit. The cue is about noticing the reward. The craving is about wanting the reward. The response is about obtaining the reward. We chase rewards because they serve two purposes, Clear says. They satisfy us and they teach us. He adds that if a behavior is insufficient in any of the four stages, it will not become a habit. Eliminate the cue and your habit will never start. Reduce the craving and you won't experience enough motivation to act. Make the behavior difficult and you won't be able to do it. And if the reward fails to satisfy your desire, then you'll have no reason to do it again in the future. Without the first three steps, a behavior will not occur. Without all four, Clear says, a behavior will not be repeated." End quote. <clears throat> A National Institutes of Health, NIH, News in Health article, Breaking Bad Habits, Why It's So Hard to Change, discusses the biology of rewards. Dr. Russell Poldrack, a neurobiologist at the University of Texas at Austin, is quoted as talking about the good and bad habits, most of which are based on the same types of brain mechanisms. And I'm going to quote from that article now. <clears throat> There's one important difference, Poldrack says, and this difference makes the pleasure-based habits so much harder to break. Enjoyable behaviors can prompt your brain to release the chemical dopamine. 
if you do something and over, over and over, he says, and dopamine is there when you're doing it, that strengthens the habit even more. When you're not doing those things, dopamine creates the craving to do it again. Paul Jack says this explains why some people crave drugs even if the drug no longer makes them feel particularly good once they take it, end quote. By the way, there are actually four neurotransmitter hormones that produce pleasure in our brains, dopamine, serotonin, endorphins, and oxytocin. All right, back to the NIH article on breaking bad habits. It goes on to say that, quote, the good news is humans are not simply creatures of habit. We have many more brain regions to help us do what's best for our health. Humans are much better than any other animal at changing and orienting our behavior toward long-term goals or long-term benefits, said Dr. Roy Bowmeister, a psychologist at Florida State University. His studies on decision-making and willpower have led him to conclude that, quote, self-control is like a muscle. Once you've exerted some self-control, like a muscle, it gets tired, unquote. So while there uh, is no single effective way to break a bad habit, there are some recommendations for approaching that. For example, focus on becoming more aware of your unhealthy habits. Focus on your triggers, then develop strategies to counteract them. Find a link between where or what you're doing when the craving occurs and don't do that or go there. Spend a few days tracking your habit to see whether it follows any patterns. Experts say you could also visualize yourself in a tempting situation and mentally practice the good behavior over the bad, like eating the vegetables at the party instead of the sweets. You can also replace unhealthy routines with new healthy ones, but replacing a first learned habit with a new one does not erase the original behavior because both remain in your brain or so say the psychologists who are working on this. Actually, some NIH-funded research is exploring whether certain medications can help to disrupt hardwired automatic behaviors in the brain and make it easier to form new memories and behaviors. Other scientific teams are searching for genes that might allow some people to easily form and others to readily suppress habits. Here are some other recommendations. Focus on why you want to change and list your reasons. It's easier to do so if you think that change will bring you a greater reward. Actually, this worked really well for me when I decided to quit smoking. My pulmonologist gave me just an 8 by 10 sheet of paper um, that had <coughs> been photocopied, and I posted it next to my computer where I was tempted to smoke while I was writing. It started with 10 minutes after my last cigarette, and went on to list all the benefits in increasingly long time periods of not smoking. Some more suggestions from the experts. Find a buddy. If you and a friend or partner both want to break an unwanted habit, try doing it together. Practice mindfulness, developing awareness around your thoughts, feelings, and actions. This practice involves simply observing impulses that relate to your habit without judging them or reacting to them. Practicing mindfulness can also help you notice ways your habit affects your daily life. As you start to recognize these effects, 
you may feel more driven to work on changing the habit. You could leave yourself reminders. Use stickers, sticky notes, or other visual reminders, or even audible ones from your device. Wherever or whenever the habit behavior happens, that can help you rethink the action when something triggers you. Start small. Aim to change one habit at a time. Addressing habits in steps can also help, even if these steps seem too small or easily manageable in the beginning. And prepare for slip-ups. They're going to happen. And psychologists say try to learn from them. Be honest with yourself about what led to the setback and consider whether changing your approach might help you stay more on track. And congratulate yourself on your successes. And certainly, not least of all, we're told to practice self-care to be sure that our physical, mental, and emotional lives are in good order. So, Happy New Year, and let's cheer each other on as we try to break those bad habits. And, okay, I vow I will you lose those 20 pounds. <laughs> Resources for this episode will be on the Woman Worthy Facebook page, as usual. Thanks so much for listening and sharing. Have a great week. You have been listening to Woman Worthy, real talk about real issues for women over 60. Tune in wherever you receive your podcasts with new episodes every Monday morning. You can leave your comments by downloading the Podbean app to your device and on the Woman Worthy Facebook page. I'm Paulette Lee. I hope you found this program worthy of your time.